Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations, too. Go to SquadQL.com to download SquadQL for free. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. Whether you ride a bike, a bronc, or a skateboard, Wrangler jeans are for you. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits, all price points, vintage re-releases. Wrangler has something for everyone. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their selection of jeans, shirts, and outerwear for men and women. New styles, great fits, Wrangler. Real, comfortable jeans. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your NMG, Marcus Grant, alongside the Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. We, we made it through week one. Yeah, dude. Today was bananas. Today was like, bananas. Marcus and I were on NFL Fantasy Live and <laughs> Facebook Live at the same time. I was wanting the magic of television. I know. There are not two of us. The magic of of television. Thank goodness for that. Behind the glass, as always, is our producer, Sir Edward L. Murphy, Esquire. Murph, what's going on? Hey, guys. Uh, glad to be back. 1-0 so far in fantasy. Looking forward to 2-0 this weekend, so let's get these games started. All right, let's do, do it, this, bud. right? We got uh, week two on tap after kind of a, I won't say a wild week one. Somebody made the point that, uh, you know, we always say, like, oh, week one was wild. And it's like, not really. I mean, just because we don't know what's going to happen yet. So, like, we, we think we do because we spend all offseason talking about it, but we really don't know. I know. And how about all those people in Survivor Pools that took the Saints? Sorry about your luck. They didn't know. Sorry. Ryan Fitzpatrick, five touchdowns. It looked so easy. It looked it like did. such a sure thing, right? Not so much. Uh, not so much. All right. We got plenty to talk about. Well, we will preview all the week two games, and uh, we will have Eddie's delirious picks. Uh, he's got a hot take that uh, we're going to talk about a little bit later, and then We'll have some of your mailbag tweets at the end. But first, let's do some news. We'll start in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers sits out practice as he rehabs his knee sprain. Um, Obviously, it's a big deal. Everyone keeping an eye on Aaron Rodgers' uh, knee after last week. He did come back, obviously, and play and lead the Packers to a come-from-behind win. Um, But he is banged up uh, going against a very tough Minnesota Vikings defense. On top of that, Devontae Adams limited in practice with a shoulder injury. So not only is the Packers' QB less than 100%, uh, but his top receiver looks like he is less than 100%. Uh, Fabs, this was already a bad matchup to begin with. Mm -hmm. Uh, This... This isn't helping things. Yeah, I know. If I have Rodgers and he's active, I got to play him. I talked to Ian Rappaport yesterday. He basically said it's going to come down to swelling. And uh, that's not something we're going to find out until game time, I would assume. If Rodgers is active, you play him. If he's not, then basically everything does a 180, right? So Devontae Adams is much more likely to play, uh, I believe, than Rodgers. He becomes a risk. Randall Cobb becomes a risk. And Randall Cobb's also a risk because he's been terrible against the Vikings in his career. Suddenly, you've got Deshaun Kaiser and not Rodgers, which means what? The Vikings defense goes from 
eh, I'm fading him this week to, eh, I'm playing him this week. <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny you say that. I'm looking at my, my Dynasty League roster, right, that we have, and mm-hmm. I've got Aaron Rodgers. He is my quarterback. But I've got Case Keenum on my bench. Oh. And he's playing the Raiders. That's that's a spicy meatball, my friend. I'm, I'm gonna I know I'm gonna agonize all, over this one all weekend long. Um so we'll we'll see. But yeah, it's you know, again, Rogers uh, uh, even healthy, it's it's a nerve wracking experience for him going against his Vikings defense. Less than hundred percent. It 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 makes you really nervous. I would imagine it's gonna be a lot like what we saw on Sunday night where the Packers we're almost exclusively out of the shotgun and the pistol in the second half mm-hmm. to try to you know, prevent him from having to drop back on that knee. So uh, I would think it's going to be more of the same uh, coming up this week. Bill's rookie Josh Allen. He is now your starting quarterback against the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, the Bill's offense did zero, pretty much zero last yeah. week in the rain against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I think I saw a, a passing chart and Nathan Peterman only completed Two passes beyond the line of scrimmage. How did that dude ever start ahead of <laughs> Tarad last season and ahead of Allen this season? Uh, it seems like he's the worst quarterback in the history of the National Football League. If you just look at his numbers when he's out there, I'm excited to watch Josh Allen. The Chargers defense is not as bad as it looked last week. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill really tore it apart. But I'm interested to see what Allen can do. This guy's got a hand cannon. I mean, he has got a big Mahomes type of arm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he'll be better than than Peterman will simply because gotta be Josh Allen's gonna sling it. I mean, he's gonna throw the ball downfield, you know, and and he will throw some picks and he will take some sacks because that offensive line is bad. Um, Any Bills you're starting this week? No, not even McCoy. No. Wow. No. no. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Um, but, you know, I could see a situation where, you know, Josh Allen, he may have a couple of picks, but he might throw, he might put up like, you know, 250 yards and a touchdown. I mean, I'm, I'm not telling you to start him. That, that, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But he could be interesting to watch at least. I'm just interested to see what he does. And the same kind of thing with like Sam Darnold. I want to see how he does in his second pro start uh, against the Miami Dolphins in the Big Apple. Yeah, no doubt. Um. Uh, Leonard Fournette has a hamstring injury, and he has not been practicing this week. We saw him leave the game last week in the season opener against the Giants. Uh, could be a little more TJ Yeldon on tap, but then there's talk that Corey Grant could get some opportunities. Do you feel comfortable with either one of those guys? This Yeldon week? would be the guy that I'd play if I had to. I don't see him as really more than a flex option. The Patriots defense was actually pretty tough uh, against running backs on the road last season, but Corey, Dave, uh, Corey Grant is, is someone who... A lot of people out there like in the preseason, there was a little bit of chatter about him. Clearly, he wasn't going to be passing Fournette on the depth chart, maybe pushing TJ Yeldon. But thanks, Doug Marone, for screwing up what a lot of people were hoping would be a pickup and play in Yeldon (laughs) just based on volume. Because now you start hearing whispers about Corey Grant, maybe going to get some touches. And then all of a sudden, TJ Yeldon doesn't look as impressive. And uh, not that he was ever impressive. So... That backfield could be a fade for me this week if Fournette is out. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just play devil's advocate and throw mm-hmm. a little wrench in into this whole thing because remember last year uh, when the Jaguars and the Patriots played in the playoffs and in the first half of that game, mm-hmm. like Corey Grant was legitimately a thing. I mean, he had three catches, 59 yards. Um, and it looked like he just kind of caught the Patriots by surprise. Like they they didn't look they they didn't look like they were expecting this. They didn't look like they had an answer for it. Mm-hmm. Suddenly in the second half, they completely went away from it. The Jaguars did, and then they ended up losing the game. Um, any reason? I mean, am I am I reading too much into this, or are the Patriots going to figure this one out this time? Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about potentially picking up, you know, Corey Grant, I, I just wouldn't do it. I don't know if the volume's <laughs> going to be there, but it's more of an impact on Yeldon's potential value right. because a lot of people. Picked up Yeldon this week, even if they didn't have Fournette, thinking maybe they could utilize him as a flex starter. And if it's going to be more of a shared situation there in that backfield, that, again, throws a wrench into that whole situation. Uh, in Cleveland, Hugh Jackson says Josh Gordon will get more targets in week two. He had three targets in week one. He did catch one of them for a touchdown, so that was kind of nice. Wasn't it Jackson who said he was going to get 20 snaps last week? And he, he ended up like at 69. S- I said, hey, like 70 snaps, something like that last week. So, so I I look at this story and I say, then Josh Gordon will somehow get fewer targets in week two. Right. right. Yeah. You can't trust coaches. 
you can't trust Hugh Jackson. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, look, I, I get it. Coaches are like, you know, they're not going to tell you exactly what they're going to do. They don't want their opponents to kind of figure it out. But Hugh Jackson, there just seems to be such a big chasm between like what he says and what mm-hmm. the Browns do on so many occasions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll go back to him saying he felt the earth move when he saw Robert Griffin throw the football a few years ago. Like, I, I'm, I can't. I can't with this guy. <laughs> I don't I just, know, man. I can't. Maybe he had just eaten a burrito and something I else was, was, was moving, moving at the I point. Just, I don't know. But Gordon, starter sit this week. Lattimore got destroyed last week. I was completely wrong about Mike Evans. Uh, I said he was a risk, and he went out and balled for the first time in his career, by the way, against the New Orleans Saints. But Gordon, Lattimore, you're playing him. Could be a high-scoring game there in New Orleans. Yeah, I'd start him. I'd start him simply because, you know, Josh Gordon is the kind of guy who can win one-on-one matchups. I mean, I think there there are times when you play sort of the matchup, and I think there are times when you sort of play the talent of your guy. And sure. I think jo- Josh Gordon's one of those guys where I think you, you play his talent uh, as opposed to the matchup. And I think that he can he can win enough of those one-on-one matchups mm-hmm. that he can give you a good day. And even in a game where his targets were severely limited, Still scored a touchdown. Still scored a touchdown. So there you go. Uh, Kyle Shanahan says he is not sure about Marquise Goodwin's status for this week. Goodwin uh, got injured last week against the Vikings, had just one target, no catches, uh, was a certainly a disappointment. Even, even though we expected the Niners to not do much uh, against the Vikings, still one target, zero catches was an even bigger disappointment than, than anybody would have imagined. So um, so now, do, do you go, if you have Marquise Goodwin, do you stay with the 49ers on their depth chart to look for help, or do you go somewhere else? Well, it's funny because earlier today on NFL Fantasy Live, we were talking about Goodwin, and you said Dante Pettis. Mm-hmm. Pierre Garçon still on that roster. Have we not forgotten about him? Oh, it yeah. seems like we have forgotten about him <laughs> because no one wants to talk about Pierre Garçon going into last year. Everyone was like, oh, he's PPR, and blah, 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 blah. Now we're not really talking about him. And I say Chris Godwin all the time, and he's still not owned in enough leagues, but Chris Godwin is someone that I would certainly be looking at. Kenny Stills is someone that I would be looking at. Nelson Aguilar is someone I'd be looking at. If you're looking at players off the waiver wire, Quincy Anunwa, Anunwa. as Akbar would say, is certainly going to be out there. If you're in a deeper league, Ryan Grant, potentially because of the target share that he saw last week. But um, does the potential absence of Goodwin, does that hurt your thought process when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo? Um, not really. No? I mean, I think they'll find other ways to, to spread the ball around, whether it's... Marcus. George Kittle. George Kittle. Oh, George Kittle. George Kittle's an Target. option. Target. George Kittle's an option. Matt Breed is an option. I mean, I do think Garcon will get some looks. I think they'll find ways to spread it, spread it around. I mean, Trent Taylor is another guy who will probably work out of the slot uh, and see some targets there as well. So they will find ways to move the ball. And, and if... If what we saw from the Lions defense on Monday night is any indication, um, they don't look like they're offering a whole lot of resistance Dude, to people. that was awful. <laughs> they were bad. Like, I had Stafford starting in two leagues. He was brutal. The Jets are basically knowing where the plays are going to go before they go. Man, that's, a, that's, a, that's amazing and embarrassing all the same. It is. It is, I yeah. I mean, like, the Jets are walking up and calling out the plays. That's, that's no bueno, man. Mm-hmm. Um, last news bit for you. Sony Michelle is preparing as if he will play in week two. We haven't seen Michelle since, you know, early in training camp. He's kind of been sitting out because of uh, injuries and, and kind of working his way back. Um, for the Patriots, they, they kind of need him there. I mean, they're Rex, hurting, dude. Rex Burkhead is in concussion protocol. You know, Michelle is just kind of working his way Jeremy back. Jeremy Hill's I mean, out for Jeremy the season. Jeremy Hill's gone for the year. Uh, you know, I, I know they have James White, who could be maybe a sneaky flex play, but uh, Sonny Michelle getting back would be a big, big help. If he does play, do you expect to see much from him in this week? I don't know that there's going to be um, a situation where I would start Michelle in fantasy, even if he does come back doesn't have much experience at all, didn't do much in the preseason at all. Remember, he's been injured. And I, I think James White is is not a sneaky play. If Burkhead can't play and Michelle is active or limited, he is a solid play. I'm not playing Kenyon Barner, who, of course, <laughs> in the world of Bellatrix will probably have 20 touches. Kidding. But James White could be a phenomenal play. And I get it. It's a Jaguars defense. But Tom Brady's the goat, and he's still going to be able to find James White there on some of those, uh, on some of those, well, uh, you know, short passes, potentially giving him some space to make some plays and uh, on some screens. So 
keeping tabs on what's going on with Burkhead and what's going on with Michelle, if you've got James White on your roster and the scenario goes the way that it, it could, uh, he could be a very good play this week. Yeah, it'll be one to watch. Uh, you know, I'm curious to see how he matches up with some of those linebackers. I mean, guys like Miles Jack, mm-hmm. uh, they're not your average linebacker. No. So we'll see how that goes. That is pretty much everything you need to know. <laughs> That was the news. Obviously, you know, football season is underway, and I know some of you already have some major regrets about your season-long fantasy teams. Uh, It happens to all of us, all right? Don't worry about it. I'm sure a lot of people out there feel the same way you do. You spend all off-season researching and getting excited for the draft, and then comes the pain, all right? That's why you should be excited about playing on FanDuel all season long. Over at FanDuel, it's a new season every week. So regardless of the outcome, you get to research and build your team over and over and over and over, as Marshawn Lynch would say, and over and over and <laughs> over again. And if you're not a fantasy expert, because, I mean, look how many of us are, FanDuel is clearly the place to play. It's got something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. And now, new users can get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. So come on and play at FanDuel.com slash Fantasy Live. That's FanDuel.com slash Fantasy Live. All right, week two is upon us. You know, we get to, we spend all this time getting to week one. As Akbar said this uh, this morning on Fantasy Live, uh, He's been all this time trying to get to week one, and then it blows by, and you're on mm-hmm. week two. So let's get started. Uh, the Carolina Panthers head down to Atlanta for a division matchup against the Falcons. And, you know, the Panthers get a win in week one. They didn't look particularly great. It was the Cam and Christian show. So looking at week two, do you see a situation where any of their wide receivers get involved? Anybody you trust there at the wide receiver spot? If there's anyone, it would be Devin Funches. Last season when Greg Olson was out, he saw a little bit of an uptick in his target share. So he could potentially be a flex starter. Not that I am promoting him with a lot of confidence, um, but he would be someone that I would consider. You know, remember, Atlanta's defense is all banged up. Yep. They've lost two big parts and to that, all, and that defense. Gone. So, so Funches is... A potential option and after that I mean you look look at what we saw last week in terms of the the targets I mean Jarius Wright had five targets and Ian Thomas had two and DJ Moore had zero Tory Smith had, and DJ Moore had zero <laughs> so you can't possibly trust DJ Moore I mean he's rosterable at this point maybe that's not going to be the case in a week or two but he's certainly not a guy that I'm starting in this contest um any any thoughts to maybe streaming Ian Thomas now that Greg Olson is gone? Man, I, if I'm looking for a tight end to stream, I'm going Ricky Seals-Jones uh, against the Rams. Ian Thomas is someone that I'll be watching closely this weekend. Not something, not someone that I want to start. I get it. The tight end position is really thin. Uh, I'd rather go with someone like Seals-Jones or maybe a Jonu Smith if I'm in dire straits. Um. Devontae Freeman has been limited or missing practice uh, mm-hmm. all throughout the week as he's dealing uh, with a leg injury that he suffered in week one. Now, at the time when he left the game, and he, afterwards he said it wasn't really a big deal, it wasn't serious, but we haven't really seen him in practice so far this week. Is it time to maybe be a little worried there? No doubt. I, I mean, it's his second missed practice in a row. Uh, initially, we thought it was going to be no big deal. So... Suddenly, if Freeman can't practice on Friday, well, you're looking at a situation where Tevin Coleman's value is going to shoot right through through the roof. roof. He's going to be in the RB2 conversation, no doubt about that. Um, You know, Falcons, uh, you know, I I don't know, like... I, 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 Matt Ryan. I, I'm off Matt Ryan this week. I, that's I've not, been that's off of him since right? last season, dude. I mean, and, you know, I was having a conversation with Miz because Miz always likes to text me and get my fantasy take and then crap on it. <laughs> that's what he likes to do. He'll text me, hey, what should I do here? Here's what you should do. You're an idiot. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> so he wanted to know about Matt Ryan. I said, Matt Ryan's been lousy for over a year now. Like, he's just... He's not that good of a fantasy quarterback. He had that big year. It was the magical year, and that was it. And Mike's response was, well, he's playing in Atlanta. Well, here's my response. Ryan has failed to score more than 17 fantasy points in seven of his last games at home. Okay? I don't trust him. I can't trust him. If I'm in a traditional fantasy league that you don't start two quarterbacks, Matt Ryan is on my bench. They're just so bad inside the inside the red zone. I, you know, that that's the thing that more than anything concerns me with this offense is that they, they look great between the 20s and then they get to like the 15-yard line and then they completely just fall over themselves. Yep. Uh, Colts 
heading up to Washington. When the game that you know, could be, you know, there's the hurricane that's coming there, and, and for anybody out there, certainly be safe. Uh, you know, get yourself to some some safety at some point. But for all these surrounding areas, maybe not directly impacted, the weather could potentially be nasty. Mm -hmm. That could mean in the D.C. area as well. Andrew Luck was fine in his uh, in his first game was back. Um, but do you start him this week against a defense that? shut down the Cardinals in week one. See, here's the thing. There's a lot of quarterbacks out there this week that might not be considered must-starts who have really good matchups. So, like Alex Smith in that game. Of course, you have to see what the weather's like. Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes in Pittsburgh. Jimmy Garoppolo playing against Detroit. Really good matchup. Tyrod Taylor against the Saints this week. Really good matchup. Phillip Rivers. He is not a week-in and week-out starter typically, but he's got a really good matchup too. Jared Goff's got a really good matchup. So, I don't know that Luck is going to be among my top 10 quarterbacks. I'm not saying that he is a bad start. I'm saying that the position at the top has got some depth. And then because of some matchups, it's really deep this week. So if you decide not to play Andrew Luck, depending on your, your secondary option, uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, question that. I mean, even a guy like Case Keenum playing the Raiders this week. Yep. So Luck is sort of on the border of being a QB1, QB2 for me. A, a preliminary look at the DC forecast for Sunday. Uh, 78 degrees is the forecast Warm. high. Uh, cloudy, no rain in the forecast on Sunday. 79% mm -hmm. humidity, so uh, Ooh. sticky and kind of gross. Yeah. But no rain, at least uh, for the moment. So That's hot, dude. Imagine playing football in 80% humidity. It's just, it's just ugh. I don't like not playing football in 80% humidity. Football should never be played in hot weather. It just shouldn't. It oh, shouldn't be. Well, those four, those poor folks in, in, folks in Arizona. Just, I know. You know but I think football, I think cold weather up in the Northeast. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful out. Right. Yeah. I'm from a place where we don't have, like, fall leaves and stuff, so yep. I don't really know what that's all about. Yeah. Um, Adrian Peterson, huge week one. Mm -hmm. I still not buy. I think he'll have a decent week, too, but I'm still not fully buying into him. The amount of touches that this man saw last week was incredible. And a lot of his a lot of his fantasy production came on two catches. Yep. So you have to really believe that that's not going to happen again. He's a flex starter. And if I'm a fantasy owner and I have Adrian Peterson, which I have no shares of him, so I can only give you guys some advice, sell high now. He's 33 years old. Last year, his yards per carry average was dreadful. At some point... And I don't wish injuries on anyone. At some point, there's a good chance that he's going to miss some time. And I would trade him away before that happens. I mean, his yards per carry weren't great on Sunday. I know. 3.7 yards It was just carry. all the volume. He had 26 carries. That got him to 96 yards. But it wasn't as though he was super efficient uh, mm -hmm. getting the football there. And it's just, I, I, just don't, I just don't see a path for him getting that many opportunities uh, on a week. Chris Thompson, now that's another story. Chris Thompson was fantastic. Start I mean, him. His efficiency was, was outstanding. Start him, yep. Start and Alex Smith, too. I do just wonder how long. I mean, because this is like what happened in Arizona, right? Peterson gets there. He has a few really good games. And after a while, they realize that he's just not that efficient. Mm -hmm. The difference in Arizona is that they didn't have anybody they could go to. I mean, in, in New Orleans, no when, he one was else. There, when he was in New Orleans, they were like, oh, yeah, we got this Kamara kid. Like, <laughs> we can we can trade Adrian Peterson. Right. Yep. Um, Arizona didn't have that. So I don't, I don't know how long. I don't know how long Washington's going to stick. That was with always that. a weird signing. Today. That was a weird signing. Yeah. Um, Texans at Titans and an AFC South matchup there. Um, you like this being the Deshaun Watson bounce back game, right? It, it should be. And uh, he played Tennessee last season and, and put up a tremendous stat line and uh, we had uh, an email from our next gen stats folks here at the NFL and the email was specifically about Deshaun Watson and how the Titans didn't put a lot of pressure on him and when Deshaun Watson faces pressure oftentimes well he's going to be a little more uh, erratic with his throws not as accurate uh, Watson pressured on 28.6% of the dropbacks in that matchup against the Titans. Uh, and typically, it's around 37%. So they need to put more pressure on him. And if they can't do that, Watson is going to really do some damage. And what I really think would help him is if Will Fuller is back. Will Fuller is that guy that takes the top off the defense. When Deshaun Watson wants to throw the football deep, you know, he's going to be looking for Will Fuller. And Fuller... Uh, who looks like he's trending towards coming back this week. If he's in that lineup, that is another weapon that Deshaun Watson is going to be able to utilize. So if you have Watson, he's going to be a starter for you regardless. But if Fuller is back in that lineup, 
look out. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the reason Fuller helps is because Deshaun Watson is a guy who likes to kind of stand back in the pocket. Yep. He likes to move. He'll hold the ball for a while and then sling it downfield. And so obviously those are sort of lower percentage throws. But if you have a guy who can get separation back there, uh, it makes all the difference in the world for, for a guy like Deshaun Watson. Titans lose Delaney Walker, which changes so much about that offense because he was kind of the, the main focal point in the passing game. He'd been their targets leader for the last few years. Read kind of an, an interesting theory that, that maybe not having Delaney Walker helps Marcus Mariota develop a little bit because he had been such a safety blanket for mm -hmm. him that that's where he was going. Now maybe this forces Mariota to spread the ball around. Maybe, and maybe I'm stretching, maybe I'm reaching here, but you know, we know, Car we know uh, Corey Davis, we know Deion Lewis. Maybe we start to see some other guys get involved now that there's no Delaney Walker. Well, we certainly have to. You know, I mentioned Johnu <laughs> Smith as well. Corey Davis has been limited in practice this week with a hamstring. I really want to see this dude just stay off the, you know, off the training room table, right? And and, and get out there on the gridiron because he's got so much talent. Had a lot of targets last week, and you would assume uh, with Delaney out, and, and we wish him well, of course, that there's going to be week in and week out opportunities for Corey Davis to help the Titans and your fantasy football team. Uh, Mariota also banged up in that game last week. The Titans, they really got banged up big time in that contest. Of course, it lasted like, what, nine hours? Seven hours. Whatever yeah, it was. <laughs> whatever it was. But um, Davis, to me, is the big winner uh, if there's a winner in terms of an increase in terms of target share in, in this offense. But there's not a lot of people that I trust right now outside of Deion Lewis. And Deion Lewis at the beginning of that game was not on the field. They were feeding Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry actually had a touchdown called back because of a holding penalty that was on Delaney Walker. But then when Lewis came in, he was very effective. He ended up seeing 71% of the snaps, a much bigger percentage than Derrick Henry, who was basically invisible after that. So I'm really interested to see how the Titans utilize this backfield committee and if it continues to be a backfield committee. One reason why I was a little bit wary of Deion Lewis is this is a dude who has not been durable during his career. Right. If he can stay healthy, he could end up being one of the better draft bargains in fantasy football. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I was, he was a guy that I was targeting in all in all sorts of places, but I did have my concerns about his durability. But yep. uh, look, you know, like like we've said about a number of guys, as long as he's on the field, then I'm going to keep rolling with him. So I, I yep. don't think he's going to be that much of a. Of a well, I, I, I guess I now know what the answer to the trade offer. <laughs> Which okay, let's, I made like, was. So since we're here, actually, let's talk about that right now, right? Okay. So I mean, we put this out on Twitter on the uh, the NFL podcast handle, which is uh, NFL underscore podcast. Um, you made me an offer yep. uh, in our experts league. Uh, I got Delaney Walker. You or I have uh, I have Deion Lewis rather. You offered me because I lost Delaney Walker, mm -hmm. uh, George Kittle, and Bilal and Powell. Bilal Powell. Mm -hmm. And I looked at that. I did. I actually looked at that one because I, I like Bilal Powell and I, I do like George Kittle. Dude, he's going to be a target machine. He will, I'm in my salesman mode I now. That. I see that. Uh, what? So my my thing is one. Lewis, I think will. I mean, obviously, touches, he's going to just blow uh, Kittle away. As much as I like Bilal Powell, for whatever reason, the Jets just don't seem to like him. They always seem to put somebody ahead of him. And, and this year, it's Isaiah Crowell. And I I feel confident that I can kind of stream the tight end position. I've got Ben Watson this week. I think I can kind of stream it. So because I like Deion Lewis so much, I can't part ways with him. Can I interest you in a Jimmy Garoppolo? Hmm. Let me look at this. I'll Mr. Niners fan, wait. I'll have to, As we speak, I, have to I am going this. to put another trade offer out there, okay. and maybe Marcus and I will be able to make a trade during the show. Uh, because I always make trades. You make a lot of trades. Always. Now, I don't know that. I, I, we'll see. We will see. We I always make trades. Quarterback. We I, always do. I find trading for quarterbacks really hard to do because the position is so deep and there's already But if so I add out. Garoppolo to Kittle and Bilal Powell for Deion Lewis, that's a home run, Marcus. But I have Kirk Cousins. Well, he can't play everything. He's <laughs> got a bye Cousins. week, and some weeks Garoppolo is going to be a better option than Kirk Cousins. We will, uh, you know, we'll have to negotiate. I'm trying. I see. Okay. Uh, next up, Eagles and Buccaneers. Just the same question on both sides. Do you have any confidence in either of these starting quarterbacks, Nick Foles or Ryan Fitzpatrick? Uh, it, Ryan Fitzpatrick is fool's gold. Yes. He, I mean, 42 fantasy points last week, five touchdowns, went nuts against the Saints. I streamed the Saints defense, by the way, and I told people to Sorry do it. about your luck. I apologize. <laughs> it was a bad week for streaming defenses. It was a really bad week for streaming defenses. But Fitzmagic 
will not be able to wave that magic wand this week and put up the same kind of numbers against the Philadelphia Eagles, the defending Super Bowl champions, who allowed an average of fewer than 15 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks last season and held Matt Ryan under 10 in their opener. Now, with that being said, I still like Chris Godwin in this game. Obviously, you're going to be starting Mike Evans. I'm not a big fan of either O.J. Howard or Cameron Brait in this contest. I'd still flex Peyton Barber. I think he's still going to be fine back there. The fact that the Buccaneers deactivated a healthy Ronald Jones tells you all you need to know about what they think about him right now. Yeah. Peyton Barber is that featured back in Tampa Bay. And because of the potential volume, I would utilize him as a flex starter, even though it's not a great matchup. Now, on the other side of the ball, this defense got destroyed by Drew Brees, although he's destroyed many a defense in his career. Right. Any faith in Nick Foles? Uh, not really. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, I, I know that he was obviously outstanding in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl last year, but I just keep coming back to there's a reason he has been a backup for the majority of his career. I, I mean, like, because what we saw out of Nick Foles last week is sort of what you can get out of him more often than not. And so, you know, I, I'm worried about him, and that makes me worried about so many other guys in that offense. I mean, I, I do think, you know, I think Zach Ertz will be more involved this week than he was last week. Mm -hmm. um, I have this weird feeling that Mike Wallace is going to make a couple of big plays and maybe find his way into the end zone. So if you are, you know, if you're looking for a ceiling kind of play, a best ball sort of play, I think Mike Wallace is a good option for you because we, we saw Ted Ginn take the top off the defense uh, last week against Tampa Bay. And I think Mike Wallace can kind of do the same this week. So, I mean, I think there's some bright spots potentially in there, but there's no way I'm touching Nick Foles. The one guy that I like in Philadelphia besides Zach Ertz, which is kind of a no brainer. I like J.H.I. in this game as well. Mm. Nelson Aguilar. Why am I talking about USC? I don't know. Why are you more than you. I don't know. Okay. I, I like it. We can keep Last it going. Last week, he had a very strange stat line, very good in PPR. He ran 18 routes out of the slot. The Buccaneers gave up 211 yards and two touchdowns to slot receivers in week one. Giddy up, Nelson Aguilar, and Ertz ran a lot of his routes out of the slot as well last week, so I expect the two of them to put up some pretty nice numbers. All right. Uh, let's see. Chiefs at Steelers. Start them all. All right. There you go. Start them all. I'm done. Moving well, on. Maybe, maybe not Sammy Watkins. Everybody else. I'm, I'm done with Sammy Watkins. I know. I was done with him last season, dude, and he's a name. He's a name. That's it. I mean, he had. I mean, he had good touchdown production last season. That was, that was the it. only thing that kept him afloat. That was I mean, it. He had what? He had fewer than 600 receiving yards last year. He just had the eight touchdowns. I just, I, I can't. And everybody keeps saying like, well, he, he's talented, maybe, but it just hasn't come together yet. And he's on his fifth offensive coordinator in five seasons. I yep. just, I'm done. And and the thing too is like, I mean, he was on the field for 91 percent of the snaps. Right. 91 percent of the he's snaps. Just, he's just not. A and fan. the target share is just not there. And this was in a week when Travis Kelsey did bupkis. Had one catch. I mean, he did nothing. Had one catch. You know, it, 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 I will tell you how much I'm off Sammy Watkins. There was a point when I tried to talk myself into Demarcus Robinson as being like a deep sleeper because he was their third wide receiver and was playing well. <laughs> and like, I, eventually, I kind of had to shake myself and be like, no, it's just not really going to be a thing. But that's where I am with Sammy Watkins. I looked at Demarcus Robinson. And I'm like, hmm, can I, can I make this a thing? Yeah. Like, yeah no, I, I can't really. Can't do it, man. I mean, and it's a good matchup, too. If you look at these two offenses, looks like it's going to be a high-scoring game. I really like Patrick Mahomes. I really like Ben Roethlisberger because he's playing at home, despite the fact that he's got a little soreness in his elbow. Looks like he's going to be fine. Like, Antonio Brown might score 40 PPR points this week. I'm not even kidding, because Kansas City's defensive backfield is a mess right it's now. It's not good. Eric Berry is still hurt. You put A.B. on Heinz Field with Ben Roethlisberger slinging him the football. Juju Smith-Schuster, another USC wide receiver, on the other side, and he's another tremendous start this week. James Conner is a tremendous start this week. A.B., man, he could have 30 or 40, I'm telling you. Like, he's going to have a huge game. Roethlisberger, they don't even need the offensive coordinator to call plays. They're going to get in the huddle, and he's going to say, all right, A.B., okay. just, uh, and I'm going to throw it up, So if you're going to catch it, and so we're good. If, so if I said That's Antonio it. Brown, if I said uh, 12 catches, over or under that? No, I think that's a good – I think that's actually a good number right so there. So 12? But I could, I'll, I could say over. Okay. I could say over. Right. I, I could say 14, 15 catches. Right. Like, I just think it's going to be a ridiculously high-scoring game and, and people don't, the Chiefs defense is really bad. It's really bad. And their their best player in the defensive backfield is hurt. I'm just trying, I'm trying to do the math in my head. Like how he gets, like just how, how, how can AB get to 40 
PPR points, right? So I'm saying like, so he's got to have a couple of touchdowns. So he's got to have. Let's give him. Let's give him three touchdowns, right? Because then that's that's 18 right there. Yep. And then let's say another what 180 receiving yards. I like that. Okay, I'll, so I'll that's that. that's 18 and 18. So that's 36. Oh, so that's way over. Oh, <laughs> I mean, all right. So, it, all right. It, dude. He, he is going to have a monster game. If you have Antonio Brown on your roster heading into week two, you have got to be smiling. Right, you have so, got to be smiling. So I'm thinking, okay, so let's let's say, let's call it, let's, let's chop it down, 140 receiving yards. That gives you 14 points. Mm-hmm. Three touchdowns is another 18, which gets you a 32. Mm-hmm. Um, 12, yeah, 12 catches? Dude. Man, that's a... Dude, he could do it, man. I don't know spicy. if he will, but he could. That's spicy. And, and, and that's going to be a fun game to watch, too. When you've got... Antonio Brown against Tyreek Hill. Oh man, that could be interesting. Oh, that might fantasy be fantasy bonanza. That might be the game of the week, uh, fantasy wise at least. And, and Joe Hayden's banged up, which it seems like he always is. He kind of always is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dolphins at Jets. Um, I keep saying it. I mean, I'm only half joking that Frank Gore will outlive us all, but he just keeps getting more opportunities, right? He had nine carries, 61 yards. Actually, had more rushing yards than Kenyon Drake last. Yards per carry average was great. Was just banana. Huge. Um. Like, does this change the way you feel about Kenyon Drake? Are you a little more concerned about him? I mean, how are you feeling? Uh, dude, I'm I'm on board with you. Like, he was one of my bus candidates going mm-hmm. into the regular season because Frank Gore did not go to Miami to be reti- a mentor. To, like, retire? No, like, like a senior, right. like a senior I know. citizen? It's not like, you know, the Golden Girls, right? We're going to Miami <laughs> to retire. You know, it's all done. This dude still has a little bit of gas left in the tank, despite the fact that he's 35 years old. 6.8 yards per carry. And I get it. The, the usage seriously favored Kenyon Drake. But Gore got enough work where there was a bit of a dent put into Drake's touches. And if Gore continues to produce like this, then who's to say he doesn't see more touches? And the Jets' defense, you know, I don't know if it's for real. Okay, yeah, I'm not sure yet. I'm actually streaming them in a couple of leagues because they looked very good last week. And, you know, there was all the talk about them knowing the plays and etc. But I'm interested to see what the Jets' defense can do this week because they really held the Lions running backs to next to nothing. Game script was a big part of that, but it doesn't look like a great matchup on the surface. And as you mentioned, with Gore potentially eating into more of Kenyon Drake's touches, I couldn't start him without at least a little trepidation. Maybe he's a flex starter, and that's about it. Yeah, I don't know. And this is a fourth-round dude. Right, which is why at the draft price, I just I wasn't touching mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. Yep. I just couldn't do it. Um, On the Jets' side, you know... I, Last year, we came into last season, and I was among the people who was like, hashtag never Jets, and then I had to sort of eat my words yeah. after a couple of weeks. So they played way better than I thought they would. Darnold! Um, and that was without Quincy Anunwa, right? So Anunwa's back. Uh, Darnold looks like he is progressing to be you know, a star in this league, if, if you know what we saw in the preseason and what we saw Monday night are any indication. Um, but I'm starting to feel like we didn't give Quincy Anunwa enough praise mm-hmm. in the preseason. Like, no, you're right. He's a guy that that you know legitimately can be a flex starter or maybe even you know a, a wide receiver three for you every week. Yeah, it's kind of like an out of sight, out of mind situation. Maybe, yeah. Because he wasn't on the field last season, and Jermaine Kirst had a decent season, and they signed Terrell Pryor. Although I guess that's sort of you know is what it is. Robbie Anderson had a very good season, so I sort of believe that was part of the reason Kirst is out. Don't know when he's coming back. A new one now, certainly on the flex starter radar uh, against the Dolphins this week, and he should now be maybe not heavily owned, but he should be far more owned than he was going into week one, that's for sure. Uh, a guy who is a possession-type receiver, big-type receiver, who's going to potentially be uh, targeted heavily by Sam Darnold because the Jets, they don't really have... Have they ever had, like, a good fantasy tight end? I mean, they don't have that safety blanket for their quarterbacks. I think the last good Jets... Dustin Keller, maybe? I mean, maybe. <laughs> like, Maybe that might be it, and like I don't Justin know that he Keller. was ever even that good either. Remember when they drafted Chase Amaro, and we were all like, "This could be this it." Could be the guy? Eh, not so much. Uh, yeah, no. I'm looking. In fact, I'm looking at Dustin Keller's numbers. His best year, 2011. I mean, not a bad year. 65 catches, 815 yards, five touchdowns. He might have been the last one. And That's, then before that, it was like Johnny Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, like I said, 815, eight five touchdowns on 65 catches. That's that's not terrible, but that's that's kind of been it. I but mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing Donald play his first game in the Big Apple. I, I get it. It's New Jersey, but it's still the Big <laughs> Apple. And, and seeing sort of how he produces in a divisional game against a big rival. I would say this is probably the Jets' biggest rival. Uh, it's not the Patriots because the Patriots beat the pants that's off a, of them. That's a rivalry like Hammer versus every, Ale. Every single season. 
But um, Darnold is interesting. I- I'm not rushing to the waiver wire to pick him up just yet because the quarterback position is so ridiculously deep. But I'm going to keep my eye on the rookie and see what he can do uh, and see if he can build off a of week one. Uh, Chargers, Bills. I mean, I think it's, you know, it may not be an overstatement to say, what, start all your Chargers, sit all your Bills pretty much. But uh, the, the question for me is Austin Eckler. Like, we talked a little bit about him on Monday. This guy has actual standalone value. He's not just a handcuff. He has actual standalone value on fantasy, Rob. And if you listen to Matt Money Smith, who calls the Chargers game, and he does a brilliant job of doing that uh, on radio, he praised Austin Eckler. And I think we all saw some flashes of it last year. I mean, he's a playmaker, and he doesn't need a lot of touches to make plays. I mean, if you look at last week, five targets, caught them all, only had five carries, but average 7.8 yards per carry. And if you don't follow the NFL, 7.8 yards per carry That's good. is really freaking good. That's pretty good. I mean, it is really good. And then if you look at the snap percentages between Gordon, 76%, mm-hmm. and Eckler, 27%, it's obvious that this kid is a massive playmaker. He's underrated. He needs to be owned in all leagues. I'm not saying he's going to do this every single week. But right now, with the matchup against the Bills and their rotten defense, which got destroyed last week, Eckler's on the flex starter radar in a lot of leagues. 12 yards per touch last week. That's not bad. 126 yards on 10 total touches, caught all five of his targets, including one catch where he just went up over a defender and made a nice leaping catch in traffic. He's a playmaker. Yeah, he definitely is. Um, Vikings, Packers. Mm -hmm. The Vikings looked good last week offensively. I mean, everybody got involved. Kyle Rudolph had a touchdown. Stephon Diggs had a touchdown. Adam Thielen was over 100 yards. Uh, Dalvin Cook looked good. I mean, shoot, even Latavius Murray had like 45 rushing (laughs) yards. I mean, literally everybody got involved. This week, big rivalry matchup against the Green Bay Packers. This one uh, at Lambeau Field. Any any concerns on the Minnesota side for you? No, none at all. I'm starting the guys that you mentioned. Obviously, Dalvin is a must-start. Thielen, Diggs. You know, Kyle Rudolph, uh, he's sort of on the edge of the tight end one, tight end two conversation for me. Kirk Cousins is going to be a guy you're going to start unless you have another very... Uh, viable option, maybe like a Patrick Mahomes or a Philip Rivers, for example. And you look at the Packers, it all depends on Aaron Rodgers. But I will tell you this, even with Aaron Rodgers under center, I think Randall Cobb is a risk, and here's why. Number one, Vikings defense, really good. Really, really good defensive backfield. Also, career-wise, and I like to look at this stuff, and some of you guys are like, it doesn't matter, but I still like to have some fun with it. Cobb has been terrible against the Vikings in his career. In fact, he has never had more than 62 yards in a game in any of his 10 career games against Minnesota. So, and I'm talking about receiving yards. Mm -hmm. So Cobb's probably going to be started in a lot of leagues because of what he did last week. But last week was all about that one big play. It was all about that one big play. Right. If he doesn't have that long touchdown, like it's I don't mediocre. know. It's mediocre. Not, it's not a great game. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm looking at Devontae Adams in one of my lineups and just sort of fretting over what to do about it. And mm-hmm. I'll probably end up leaving him in because I don't know that I have another option that I feel super confident in. I mean, the only the only guy that I, I might consider uh, switching out for him is, is Kenny Stills. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it this scares the heck out of me, man. Like, it really does. Know. And I'm going to sit. This is another one. Uh, I'm going to sit and probably agonize over for the next couple of days until we get to Sunday. And then I finally have to just like kind of, uh, you know, just close my eyes and, and hit submit and then just hope for the best. And clearly, I think Geronimo Allison is a fade this week, too, just based on the matchup. Yeah. I mean, look, he, he had he had a nice touchdown catch, but it was kind yeah, of one did. big play. Yeah, he did. And, and that's just it's, it's hard to live that way. Yep. Browns at Saints. Uh, the Browns. Brownie showed a little something. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they, they got a tie. They didn't really get a win. So, okay, congratulations, by the way, Cleveland. You no longer have a losing streak. That's right. You don't have a winless streak. That's right. So <laughs> I guess it's baby steps, if you will. Yep. But we came into the season not totally sure how the running back situation was going to shake out. Carlos Hyde was there. Duke Johnson was there. They draft Nick Chubb. We, we really didn't have any idea. I know it's only one week, but this looks like Carlos Hyde's backfield right now. 23 touches last week. He was on the field for 54% of the snaps. Duke Johnson was on the field for 45% of the snaps. I think Duke gets more uh, of the of the share this week. Last week's game was played in wet conditions, windy conditions. So it wasn't sort of a, a perfect scenario for a guy like Duke Johnson to put up a good stat line because where Duke makes his hay is as a pass catcher. So I think 
He could be a sneaky flex option this week. I actually am one league where he got dropped. Wow. And I already put in a claim for him because I'm not sold that Carlos Hyde is going to be the guy week in and week out. And Duke Johnson in New Orleans, it ain't going to rain there unless the roof leaks. He could eventually end up being someone that you're utilizing as a flex starter in PPR leagues more often than not. So it, this is going to be another fun game to watch because Tarod Taylor, Tarod Taylor very is, good. is a sleeper. 23 and change last week against the Steelers in, in, a, in a very bad weather game. So now he's under the dome against the defense that got destroyed last week. Josh Gordon, not going to be on any snap count, although he really wasn't last week. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Hugh Jackson and we don't <laughs> trust him. And Jarvis Landry, doing Jarvis Landry things last week. This could be a fun game to watch, Marcus. And the Browns defense is better than maybe people want to give it credit for. But from a fantasy perspective, I'm not touching the Browns. I'm not touching the Saints in this game. I think this is going to be a barn burner. Um, I, 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 I want to watch this. So this, I think this week will tell us a lot about the Browns because I think last year we sort of saw this where they came out of the gate and obviously they didn't win any games, but early on they seemed feisty and they seemed like they were ready to turn a corner and then they had a little bit of adversity and it all fell apart. So last week, obviously, uh, having that game, you know, getting so close and nearly getting a win and having it all fall apart and, and settling for the tie. I'm just curious how they bounce back this week if they're going to, you know, if, if this really is a new Browns team and, you know, Jarvis Landry is dropping F-bombs in the wide receiver room on a weekly <laughs> basis and that sort of thing, um, then then maybe this team, you know, really kind of ponies up and plays well. If it's the same old Browns, then I worry that they collapse in the dome and, and everything falls apart. Uh, I will say, and I think I pretty much know the answer to this, you're not worried about the Saints defense. Last week was just kind of a hiccup, right? It can't be that bad again. It right. can't be. Marshawn Latimer can't be that bad again. Mike Evans ate his lunch, dude, and then some. So that's where you may see some risk in Josh Gordon. Gordon, to me, is still a flex starter in this contest. And it will be interesting to see if the Saints defense can bounce back. I could be completely wrong. I have the Saints defense right around 10 to 12 in my rankings. Uh, may move them a little bit, depending uh, over the next couple of days. But... I really do believe that the Saints went from a defense with the potential to be a very good fantasy unit to a defense that I now need to see more from before I put any faith in that. Um, that was a uh, Brown Saints. So not Lions, 49ers. Um, Goodness gracious, what happened? WTF, Matt Stafford. Like, Dude, seriously. Seriously, WTF. man. <laughs> like, what, the heck? what the hell happened last week, man? I mean... I get it. They were playing the Jets and Sam Darnold, but you didn't have to do your best Mark Sanchez impersonation man. in that game. Just man. He was throwing picks left and right. It was dreadful. His pass, he overthrew his receivers on several occasions. It was ugly, Marcus. Now, playing your 49ers this week. Yep. Stafford bounced back or is he on your bench? No, I think he bounces back this week. You know, I just I don't see him going out and doing what he did last week, throwing four picks again. You know, I, I think this this sneakily could be a game with a lot of fantasy points in it. You know, we talked earlier about what happens now that Marquise Goodwin looks like he may not play. You know, Dante Pettis getting on the field, Pierre Garçon being there. I mean, I, I think the Niners offense will be better simply by the fact that they're not playing the Vikings this week. Sure. Um, I think the Lions offense will be better simply because I don't know that they can be worse than they were last week. So sneakily, this game could have maybe more fantasy points than anticipated. So I, I, I'm not as concerned with Matthew yeah, Stafford. I like Garoppolo. I think Breed is a good sleeper in this contest if you're looking for a flex starter against a defense that that was dominated by Isaiah Crowell. You know, this happens to me all the time. Like, I, I say one running back in a backfield is a good play this week, which mm -hmm. was Bilal Powell, and, and the other the dude other did it. Same thing in Denver. I liked Royce Freeman, and Philip Lindsay came in and bit me in the butt. But uh, Okay, so between Breida and um, Alfred Morris, who do you like this week? Well, because I only play in PPR leagues, I'm going Breida. All right, so start Alfred Morris, everybody. No, I'm, just, I'm, just no, kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> if, that, if that helps someone out there, then I did my job. I did my job. Um... Cardinals at Rams. David Johnson last week, not a great game. He scored a touchdown, and that sort of salvaged the week for him. But otherwise, like 74 total yards, like 30, or somewhere around there. He was less than 40 yards in both rushing and receiving. It was not a great day. The Cardinals offense looked awful. Mm -hmm. 
I'm, I'm, I'm worried. So we're in a situation where I look at the, the four guys who were all kind of considered to be potential number one picks, right? Right. The Cowboys and Cardinals look had two of the worst offensive performances in the league last last week. Mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell, we don't know when that dude's going to show up. So like three of the four kind of have concerns right now. I mean, am I am I making too much of this? But the Cardinals just look bad. Yeah, they did. Josh Rosen's going to be the quarterback there sooner rather than later, especially if Sam Bradford doesn't get his act together because he looked really he bad last week. I, I still think David Johnson at the end of the day is, is going to put up top 10 numbers at his position at the very worst. And it was a game script issue last week. It was the Cardinals offense just it, they need to get it together. They need to create some sort of identity for themselves. A lot of new pieces this season. So I, I still have faith in DJ. I mean, I do, too. I mean, obviously, you know, I I rode that guy to a fantasy championship a couple of years ago. So I, I want to still believe. And, and I'm just going to look at this as it being kind of a one week situation. But, man, this is not this is not the way I wanted to see the season start for for uh, for David Johnson. Uh, moving on to Patriots and Jaguars. We talked a little bit about James White and what that could mean for the Patriots mm-hmm. on the Jaguar side. I mean, you know, we. we Leonard Fournette is still sort of a question mark there. Yep. He's kind of the one guy that you feel like, okay, I'm going to plug him in regardless. With no Fournette, is there anybody else? I mean, you mentioned TJ Yeldon. Right. Anybody else that, that's worth a look in this game? If you're hurting for a tight end, maybe ASJ. Mm-hmm. Keelan Cole maybe as a three, hoping for a little uptick in terms of his target share. But the Patriots defense looked pretty good last week. Right. So this is one of those games where you might not see a lot of fantasy action outside of the big names like Tom Brady is going to be starting although you could make a case if you have Brady and Mahomes or if you have Brady and Rivers or maybe if you have Brady and Garoppolo that Brady sits on the bench I would still project him for right around 16 or 17 points he is the goat after all so um, but it is a bad matchup Gronkowski is going to play regardless Philip Dorsett needs to be on your bench or on the waiver wire at this point Um, James White depending on what happens in the backfield we talked about it earlier could be a very nice play. But there's not a whole lot of fantasy players who aren't big-name guys in this contest that you can really start with a whole lot of confidence. Um, Raiders Broncos. What, what are, Raiders? I mean, really? I, I, I was not... Look, I, I said during the preseason that I was like I was staying away from pretty much all Raiders to begin with in the first place. Mm-hmm. And what I saw from them on Monday night just only confirms that decision. Yep. This team is... Yeah, it is. And the best player they have on offense might get game scripted out of opportunities every single week. And that's Marshawn Lynch. I mean, that dude's 32 years old and he's running like he's about 22 years old. Mm -hmm. He runs hard. Derek Carr can't trust him. Not in Denver. You look at his numbers career wise against the Broncos. Bad. Amari Cooper. Same kind of thing. Can't trust him, especially against the Broncos. Jordy Nelson. Waiver mm, wire at some point in the season. Know. Yeah, I don't know that he's worth having on your roster. Even Jared Cook, right? So, like, Jared Cook had a big game last week, and he's got a good matchup on paper. He's got a good matchup. But Jared Cook is he's, he's akin to Lucy in the Peanuts comic strip. <laughs> he puts that football down for you, and it and looks it, good. And pulls it away. And it looks like you're going to be able to kick it a mile, man. And then at the last second, he pulls it away, and you land on your keister. And I tweeted out a a, uh, a little interesting nugget about Jared Cook, and I'll pull it up right now. In his career, he has seven 100-yard games, including last week. In his first six 100-yard performances, the following week, averaged three catches, 59 yards, and he's only scored once. Ugh. I love the matchup. You're probably going to play him, especially if you lost Olsen right. or Walker. He's going to be a popular streaming option. But it's like when everyone in the fantasy universe is on a guy, it all falls apart. The fantasy gods are cruel. It all falls apart. Yeah, because I'm starting to believe this week. Like, I don't, I don't believe in Jared Cook long term. But for this week, I'm still willing to kind of give him a shot uh, in this situation just because of the matchup and the fact that the, the other part of it is that Derek Carr has an aversion to throwing the ball downfield, especially when he faces pressure. And you mm-hmm. figure this week, He's going to see a lot of pressure from Von Miller. And just historically, the one the big things in his scouting report was that under pressure, he tends to kind of go into a shell. And we saw that sort of last week, and I would imagine we're going to see that again. That sort of bodes well for Jared Cook, because if, if Derek Carr feels like he has to get the ball out quickly, um, then he may just try to look for his tight end as much as possible. If Cook has a bad game, 
we should do like a ceremonial burying of his fantasy. It's done. Right. It's just done. We should do that. Uh, Sunday night, Giants at Cowboys. Uh, So Saquon Barkley Mm -hmm. had the long touchdown run, which gave him a pretty good day. Got him over 100 yards, got the touchdown, ended up being a pretty decent day. And we talked about it with Adrian Peterson. If if the big plays aren't there, it's not a great day. Obviously, Barkley at the beginning of his career. Peterson, a guy who's closer to the end of his career. Um, but any any worries? And I know you know I know that you are maybe talking with your heart a little bit because the Cowboys are involved. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean, because that offensive line in New York still has some work to do. I mean, is there a reason to maybe be uh, tempered about Saquon Barkley? No, I wouldn't because. This guy is a playmaker. He is going to see a, a large majority of the snaps. He'll see a large majority of the touches in that backfield. I mean, that's obviously a no-brainer. And when a guy has that much talent and he's got that much volume, he needs to be in your lineup regardless. And the Cowboys defense, they've got some good young players, but very questionable at best in terms of whether or not they can stop the Giants. Odell Beckham Jr. tearing apart our defensive backs. Uh, I really think that Saquon Barkley is going to put up a nice stat line. And it doesn't really matter how you get there if you have 19 carries that are mediocre, but that one carry is a 60-yard touchdown. At the end of the day, it's all fantasy points. So um, uh, Barkley is someone that I keep in my lineup week in and week out. I mean, that's that's obvious. Uh, same thing with OBJ. Evan Ingram could bounce back this week. Had a bad week uh, uh, for, the, for the G-men and fantasy owners alike in their opener. I think he bounces back. I don't start Eli Manning, although Eli does have a trend of performing pretty well in Dallas. I, I still just don't have any faith in him. And then when you look at the Cowboys, hey Eddie, do you have like um, you know, like a cricket sound or something? Like we can I mean, do that. I'm Marcus Grant. Wow, we have, dude, we have our own soundboard dude, inside of there. He's, he's like the he's like the dude from a police academy. <laughs> Honestly, Michael Winslow. Michael Winslow. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. dude. That so that was good. I. Ezekiel Elliott, and that's it. I was gonna say, like, if you have to pick a Cowboys, that's rec- it, if you have dude. to pick a Cowboys receiver, Cole Beasley, yeah, because of the target share, yeah, and because Beasley is the player uh, in terms of his skill set that Dak is going to look for. Dak's not taking chances downfield. Okay, Des Bryant is not here anymore. And when you talk about the middle of the field, you can go and Blake Jarwin. No, I mean, no. They, I mean they, they, no. They, they have nothing. They have nothing. It's so depressing to be a Cowboys fan yeah. right now because two years ago. We were 13-3 and winning, winning it looked, it looked NFC like, East. It looked like the Cowboys were set up for the next few years to really make a run of this thing. Yeah, and then, you know, a Life couple of years fast. before that, we got robbed in Green Bay with the catch that wasn't a catch. That was a catch, whatever. But um, I digress. <laughs> Cole Beasley is a desperation PPR option, and Zeke is a guy you're starting. I can't play Dak. If you look at Dak's career, which is a short career, but... In his games in prime time, he's been really bad, too. He's averaging like nine points a game. So I can't go there. I can't go there. And uh, Eddie, get me a tissue. <laughs> get me a tissue. Uh, as we wrap this up, our little re- our preview, uh, Monday Night Football, Seahawks and Bears. You know, Russell Wilson just keeps finding ways to produce, but it just keeps getting more bleak. I mean, the offensive line is bad. Now Doug Baldwin looks like he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Um... At some point, do you have to get worried about about Russell Wilson? Not yet, because he continues to put up numbers. Will Disley. Will Disley. Who the hell is Will Disley? I think I said that earlier in the week. He made Will Disley fantasy relevant. Like, Will Disley got picked up in a lot of leagues this week because he put up a nice line, and the tight end position is a disaster right now. But if Russell Wilson can turn Will Disley into something, I still have faith. But the matchup is bad. Like, the Bears last season at home were really tough. They were really tough, and that was without Khalil Mack, and that was without Roquan Smith. So you've got a team now that, to me, could end up being one of the five best defenses both in reality and in fantasy. So I'm still starting Russell Wilson, but I guess I I do have a little bit of concern in terms of what his ceiling could look like in a game uh, where that defense could shut down the running game and I think they will shut down the running game and Chris Carson uh, and, and, and of course Rashad Penny but this is a situation here where Russell's going to be a guy you start but you're going to be watching that game with a lot of interest it's not like you put Russell Wilson in your lineup and it's guaranteed he's giving you 20 points because this is a bad matchup and as Marcus said offensive line issues no Doug Baldwin no Jimmy Graham and 
You've got Tyler Lockett and Brandon Marshall. Maybe he can turn Brandon Marshall back into a thing. If, if Russell Wilson goes out this year and averages like 20 points a game with this team around him, He's the fantasy MVP. I don't yeah. care. I don't care if I don't care if you know a bunch of people score more fantasy points than him. If he can give you twenty points a game with this offense, he is your fantasy. Yeah, dude. MVP. Yeah. So that is our look at the week two games and uh, our fantasy take on them. Now we move something something kind of new. Uh, oh, this is going to be fun. Our our producer, if if you haven't been paying attention. He is named Eddie Murphy. So we want from him every week, we want him to give us his delirious pick of the week. I guess we couldn't make it the raw pick of the week. I don't know. We couldn't quite work that one in. Yeah, well, we might have gotten in trouble for that. Anyway, so our first ever Eddie Murphy delirious pick. Please lay it on us. All right. I want to start with a bang, you guys. So Titan's been a, a strange position uh, this year because a couple injuries we've had. And it's one of those, uh, those positions where if you're not getting the top, I'd say three, four guys wait on it. So it got me thinking, um, and especially because this guy's on my roster. Ricky Seals Jones is mm. going to be the number one scoring tight end Ooh. this week. What? Like, so like number one number overall. One. overall. <laughs> and let me tell you why. My heart. Let, <laughs> I want you guys to crush him, but I have I have some. This is my research. He played in 92% of the snaps for the Cardinals last week, had six targets, and dropped a touchdown. So you've got to think, you know, they are looking to him. Okay. Jared, all right, they're playing the Rams. Jared Cook played the Rams last week. What did Jared Cook do? Mm-hmm. In PPR, caught 9 of 12 balls, 180 yards. That's the number one. He was the number one overall tight end last week. You have Gronk playing the Jags. Kelsey, he has to deal with Kareem Hunt, and he has to deal with, you know, the uh, with all the other receivers like they did last week with uh, Tyreek Hill taking over. And then you have, you know, the Eagles spread the ball. We saw them spread the ball around versus the Falcons. Uh, they have so many other running backs and other receivers. They're trying to push the ball. You don't know what Falls is going to do. So I'm thinking, Ricky Sills Jones, you have, you know, a shaky quarterback. Potentially, you know, they might put Rose in. That's always the rookie quarterback's safety blanket. You know, the Rams could stop receivers with Tlaib and, and, and Marcus Peters, but they didn't seem to have a formula to stop the tight end last week. So Ricky Seals Jones will be your number one overall scoring tight end uh, uh, this week. I, th- I thought my I thought my RSJ as a top ten uh, tight end was bold, but man, no. Hey Eddie, you are delirious. Man, <laughs> my heart. Oh. Look, I'm I'm glad I give a hot take. So. <laughs> yeah, that is, a, and I'm on board too, saying that you could potentially stream. Uh, Seals Jones, right. number one tight end for the week. It's a wacky, it's a wacky position. It's a wacky tight end. It is a wacky. I, I, that, that's kind of like saying the Golden Child is Eddie Murphy's best film. Oh, I mean, it's, a, it's a fantastic film. Would you guys? It have, is a good movie, but it's not number one. But would you guys, in a million years, say Jared Cook number one last week? No, really? oh, dude, that's anything true. is possible. Anything is possible. I, I think he has a good upside. I like, I like I, here's the, the whole season. I, I will legitimately say Ricky Seals Jones is the guy that I have on my streaming radar this week. I think, I think he has some potential. And I think, I think down the road, if they can work him into this offense, he's a guy who could potentially have some some greater week to week potential. But yeah, man, that's a that's a hot take. And if he has if he has a really bad week, not only will I look stupid for this segment, I also <laughs> I'm also starting him in my main league. So, so at I, least I you're could, living it. You're, I'm, oh, trust me, I'm going to be living. I will be tweeting about him are, constantly. But it is, walking the walk. It is the delirious pick of the week. So it's not like you're going out and saying Rob Gronkowski is going to be the number one tight end. So I give you credit for being yeah. that delirious. Walk the walk, man. It is. It is. By the way, best Eddie Murphy movie. So this is. What do you think? I, I, you guys are not going to like this one. I was I was singing about it before. You're going to say Boomerang, aren't you? No, I, uh, I, I was going I was going to say Boomerang. Actually, <laughs> everyone knows the classic Trading Places, Beverly Hills Cop, Forty right. Hours, all those. But I and I've seen them. Uh, but the 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 number one movie that I think in terms of like resonates with me that you quote a lot that I've seen num- like tons of times that I I think it's just I I live it in the sense that you it's always around me is Shrek. Oh, yeah. Shrek is, you never think of that as an Eddie Murphy movie, but it totally is. Right. <laughs> Shrek is just so, I feel like it's, it's more popular than the, other, the rest of his movies, I feel like, to a degree. And it's just, it's always on TV. There's like, Don't yeah, there's just like, you know, you go to like theme parks, there's like Shrek stuff. It's just like Shrek food items. Like it's just all over the place and you're just constantly living it. And he obviously played the donkey, but mm-hmm. I just, I feel like I've seen Shrek 500 times and it's just like everything that he says in that movie is pretty much like he, he hits the line. It's a great line. It's funny. So I'd, I'd say Shrek is probably the most memorable uh, and I guess just favored by the amount of times I've seen it. See, the the movie that would be the, the consensus number one would be Beverly Hills Cop. Probably Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Right. Harlem Nights. Harlem, Harlem Nights is, is one of my favorite movies regardless of who's in it. Eddie Murphy, 
Richard Pryor, hmm. Red Skelton was in that movie. I mean, there were some stud Red comedians. Red Fox. Uh, Red, what did I say? Red Skelton. Oh, yeah, Red Fox. I'm an idiot. <laughs> there were some great actors and actresses in that movie, and I, I've seen that movie a hundred times, and I laugh my ass off every single time. It's so good. Yeah, that's funny. And I, if Red Skelton was in that movie, that would be, it'd probably be even funnier. It'd be, a, it'd be kind of a different movie if Red Skelton was in it. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, so before we get out of here, uh, we, got some, we have something in the mailbag this yeah, week? Yeah, let's, let's get to a couple mailbag tweets here, guys. Um, first one up, we have uh, from... It's at Hyder76. He says, first off, great show. Week two dilemma. Who should I start a quarterback, Andrew Luck or Jared Goff? Ooh, I think I'm going to go Goff this week. Uh, we talked a little bit about Andrew Luck and, and you know what it could be, what the weather might be like in, in D.C. or what have you. But uh, I think... I think with the way the the Cardinals played last week, and they really struggled against Washington. So I, I think I might go Jared Goff. I agree. I'm going Goff. Uh, speaking of tight ends, uh, at J Calabrese one says, who are some good buy low tight end options through trade for those of us who have lost Laney Walker this week? Hey Marcus, <laughs> no, it's well, it's not buy low because Kittle had a David and Joku would be a potential buy low. Jimmy Graham could be a buy low, right? Evan yep. Ingram could be a buy low. That's possible as well. But there's there's not a whole lot. Yeah, there, I, there's only a handful. There's I, only a handful. I'll say what I what I tweeted earlier in the week that if you lost you know, Walker or Olsen, I think you're better off trying to stream the position than than trying to trade for somebody because either if you're going after one of the top tier guys, you've got to give up so much to get you know, a Gronk, Kelsey, or Ertz, or somebody like that, or if you trade for a lesser tight end, you're going to be trading for a guy that you can't start each and every week. And so the idea that you have to give up something to get a guy that you don't feel confident in every week, I, I would rather just play the waiver wide. What if I gave you Aaron Jones? <laughs> you're really trying to... You know, Aaron Jones... You're, you're in... Dude, you could... I mean, Aaron Jones could be... Listen... Your uh, your desire for Deion Lewis makes me want to hold on to him even. Tighter. Well, no, it's not just that. I just want to. I'm trying to make a deal. I want to help you. Ah, I see. All right, you're a friend. You you're tight end. I'm trying to help. He's like such a used car salesman. Come on down to Fabiano's used cars. Uh, how about we got we got one more? Yeah. Speaking of trades, let's end this one for the trade. Uh, not between you guys, but someone else. And it's at Chief Peralta asks if uh, I was offered David Johnson for Kareem Hunt and Marlon Mack, should I pull the trigger? Uh, I would not. Uh, and I know we just talked about DJ not not being great in week one, but I just I think uh, one I don't I don't want any parts of the Colts backfield, so mm-hmm. Marlon Mack is out. Um, and I just think you know even if even if David Johnson is not just the runaway number one running back, I think he and Kareem Hunt will be close enough uh, in the final standings that it just I don't know it just seems like a lateral move to me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm on board, too. I'd rather have DJ. I'd rather have DJ. So, uh, Thanks for all your tweets. Of course, you can tweet us at NFL Fantasy. You can also tweet either one of us individually, including Eddie, uh, if you want to get his takes, mm-hmm. uh, some of his delirious takes during the week as well. But uh, that's it. Week two is upon us. Enjoy. We'll be back on Monday to kind of recap what happened and uh, you know freak out and see how much we learned uh, from the week before. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks, everybody, for downloading. Keep staying with us. And always remember, cereal is the sweatpants of food. We'll see you on Monday. <laughs>you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. 
or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. 